Welcome to another episode of In Reserve, the Prosperity Podcast, where we focus on all things to do with the Reserve Protocol stablecoin. My name is Michael, and I'll be your host. Are you ready? Let's get started. First, a word from our sponsors. Nobody. Unfortunately, we are currently sponsorless. If you or someone you know is looking to sponsor this podcast, please shoot us a DM on Twitter at InReservePod or an email to InReservePodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. On this episode, we talk about arbitrage, the magical mechanism that is built into the reserve protocol to peg RSV to as close to $1 as possible. As a quick recap, last episode we talked about the multiple coins that make up the reserve protocol and what they do. We have tokenized assets which account for the basket of assets that the stablecoin will peg its value to. RSV, also known as the reserve token, which is the actual stablecoin itself. And RSR, known as the reserve rights token, which is the governance token and what will be used to try to keep the value of RSV as stable as possible. In order To understand how everything plays out in the whole reserve protocol ecosystem, it is important for us to define and explain the many crucial aspects involved. This is where I point out that some of these concepts may sound complex at first, so it might be necessary for you to either slow down the playing of this podcast or constantly use the rewind button to re-listen and ponder about the concepts. I know personally, I had to read the white paper about five times before it finally clicked. And even then, there are some areas I'm still a little uncertain about, but mostly because it is yet to play out in reality and the theoretical roadmap isn't 100% defined yet. Also, I want to mention that this is simply an overview of the whole process. There are certainly a lot of details and specifics that I won't be covering, and I will be talking in generalities. The purpose of this podcast is to introduce and educate people who are not familiar with Reserve Protocol and how it works. If you're interested in learning more, again, I would highly suggest reading the white paper on their website. One of the players in the reserve protocol is the vault. The vault is a pool of other blockchain assets used to purchase RSV whenever demand for RSV drops. The protocol aims to maintain at least 100% collateral backing of the value of all minted RSV. This means that for every RSV minted or created, there is a collateral backing of the equivalent in value. If you're unfamiliar or if you're familiar with the current fiat banking system, this simply isn't the case. Banks are not required and do not hold anywhere near 100% collateral backing ever since the world banking system went off the gold standard. As a result, if everyone who had an account at your local banking branch tried to withdraw all their money at the exact same time, they would simply not know what to do. This happens occasionally in third world countries that have mismanaged governments and central banks and the currency essentially becomes worthless. Fortunately, that has never happened in North America. However, it is definitely a possibility in the coming decade or decades, given world dynamics and COVID money printing. Aside from the vault, there are also a number of other members of the protocol that are designed to operate as a collection of smart contracts. These include the reserve manager, who is in charge of manipulating the supply of RSV to keep its price stable at $1, the vault manager, who manages the assets in the vault. The market feed, which tracks market data on RSR, RSV, and the vault assets. And the auctioneer, 
who runs the protocol's market operations. Again, don't worry. Despite having real-sounding positions, these aren't actually real people having to make these decisions. They are simply written into the protocol as smart contracts that trigger whenever a certain requirement is met. There is no human bias or judgment required to operate the protocol. If you compare this to our central banks and federal reserves, which are essentially a group of human beings who meet regularly and make decisions regarding printing money and adjusting interest rates, one definitely sounds a lot more convincing and stable than the other. Okay, let's finally address what happens when the price of RSV goes above or falls below $1. Now, there are a couple of ways this can happen. One of them is changes in collateral token value, and other is a change in demand for RSV. Let's touch on collateral tokens first. Collateral asset tokens are somewhat volatile. While we may be able to select a portfolio with minimal downside risk, the reality is that drops in collateral tokens value will happen. The opposite can also occur in which collateral assets increase in value. This can be seen for items such as certain smart investments and real estate. When collateral tokens depreciate in value, causing a collateralization of RSV being less than 100%, the vault manager refills the vault by minting new RSR tokens and auctioning them off for more vault assets. When collateral tokens appreciate in value, causing an over-collateralization of RSV of more than 100%, the vault manager will sell some of the collateral tokens value and purchase RSV to be stored in an excess pool in the vault. These become available to be purchased by RSR holders when the price of RSV is trading above its target price, which we'll explain in more detail later on. Since what I said probably didn't make much sense or even sound English in some cases, let me provide a quick example. Say hypothetically, I purchased one RSV for $1, which was then used by the protocol to purchase $1 worth of land as a tokenized asset. Still with me here? Okay, now if the value of the land goes up and doubles to $2, the protocol will sell $1 worth of land to obtain funds necessary to purchase RSV in the open market and hold it in an excess pool in the vault. This way, they still hold on to $1 worth of collateralized token asset, which makes for 100% collateralization of the one RSV issued. If the land asset decreases in value and is only worth 50 cents, resulting in a 50% collateralization of RSV, the protocol will mint and sell RSR tokens on the open market in order to make up for that decrease in value and get itself back up to 100% collateralization. Hopefully that example makes things a little more clear for you. The second way that RSV can go up or down in value is a change in the demand for the token. Just like all assets, RSV is susceptible to swings, to short-term swings in demand as a result of a multitude of factors. Most of these are often random and unpredictable, and nobody really knows when they're coming. Who knows? Maybe there's even an overwhelming amount of birthdays in the month of July in Venezuela, and everyone is looking to convert their birthday money into RSV. I know this sounds quite silly, but it demonstrates the variables involved that can affect demand for any asset. These swings in demands are natural, and something, but something still needs to be done in order to stabilize the value of RSV so that it can become a widely used and adopted stablecoin. After all, if the value doesn't stay around $1 or very stable, it is very likely to not have many users. 
Think about that for a second. If I'm buying a stable coin, expecting it to be roughly roughly worth a dollar, and it becomes as unstable and as volatile as Bitcoin, chances are I'm going to move towards another stable coin. The purpose of me buying RSV is to stabilize the value that I put into the token. Whenever the market price of RSV falls below $1, the the reserve manager will buy RSV at the market price using vault assets and burn them and burn the RSV. These trades are executed through the auctioneer with a maximum price and a maximum quantity. The maximum acceptable price for buying RSV is $1 of the asset of exchange. And the maximum quantity of RSV is set with a mathematical formula to ensure that the quantity doesn't trigger sudden overreactions and price changes. When you break it down, the whole reserve protocol ecosystem actually gains from these transactions as you're using less than 100% of the collateralized token to purchase and burn $1 worth of RSV. The excess amount is kept in the vault to ensure as a buffer in maintaining 100% collateralization of all outstanding tokens in case the assets decrease in value. This opportunity is also available to the open market, where we can go onto Binance or wherever RSV ends up being listed, purchase it for the market price of under $1, and redeem it for $1 worth of collateralized tokens. This is the one side of the arbitrage opportunity. Whenever the market price of RSV is above $1, the reserve manager will auction RSV tokens to lower the token supply and thereby lowering the price of RSV. The auctions work differently depending on whether or not there is an excess pool of reserve tokens as previously mentioned. If this excess pool exists, then the reserve manager will sell RSV tokens from that pool for $1 worth of RSR tokens each, allowing RSR holders to take advantage of the arbitrage opportunity. Simply put, if RSV is trading at $1.05 on Binance or wherever it is listed, This arbitrage mechanism allows any holder of the RSR token to trade in their RSR for $1 worth of RSV, providing the opportunity to then take that one RSV token and sell it on Binance for $1.05 and pocket the difference. Any RSR used by arbitragers to trade in for RSV with this process is burned, decreasing the supply of total RSR in circulation. This ability for RSR to be burned through arbitrage has led to wild speculations to the price of RSR going forward and allows for the opportunity for RSR to go above $1 in value. In fact, there was even one prediction by an investment firm of $56.68. Now, I certainly won't say that's very realistic from my perspective, but as the famous NBA player Kevin Garnett once said, anything is possible. As of this recording on October 5th, 2020, RSR currently trades at roughly nine-tenths of a penny. So let's say I'd be extremely happy with $1, let alone $56.68. If there is no excess pool of RSV tokens available in the vault, the reserve manager will mint new RSV tokens and sell them for vault assets. The auctioneer executes these trades with parameters for minimum price and maximum quantity set by mathematical equations similar to the ones I previously mentioned before. So there you have it. In about 10 minutes, we've gone through the mechanism that the reserve protocol has in place through smart contracts and arbitrage to try to stabilize the value of RSV as much as possible. 
As I said before, if you're interested in reading in more detail, I would highly suggest you go to the Reserve Protocol website and read their white paper. It's about 25 pages and some parts of it read like Shakespeare, but it's definitely worth a read, especially if you're struggling to understand the concepts at a high level or if you're going to invest a significant amount of money. It's definitely important to constantly always understand what you're investing in. And with Reserve, I believe that is where the advantage is over some of these other altcoins that you currently see in the, in the cryptocurrency space. So that wraps up another episode. As always, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram at inreservepod or my personal account at rsrernie. You can also email me at inreservepodcast at gmail.com. Attached in the show notes is also a link to the Reserve Protocol Discord channel that I've created and I'm a part of, as well as a couple wallet addresses that accept donations to help me keep this podcast running and growing. Any part, any contribution um, to my social or to the wallets is very much appreciated. Anyways, that's all for now and see you on the next pod. Thanks for listening.